this is the Built on Rock podcast and in this episode we're going to be looking at the best news you will ever hear. Looking at our first section in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 12. got a really nice uh, introduction into who Peter was from the intro podcast. Um, so we get to know uh, the writer of this letter a little bit more uh, because context is so important when we are teaching the Bible uh, to properly understand it. Um, so just a few headlines. Peter um, was one of Jesus's followers one of his closest friends. Peter was uh, one of the disciples who had followed him for the entirety of his ministry, the whole three years. And we know from looking at verses um, with Peter in is that he was just all in. He was all in with Jesus. Ever since Jesus um, showed himself to Peter on the beach uh, after doing that incredible miracle of filling uh, Peter's nets full of fish Um, and Peter fell to his knees and recognised who Jesus was um, and said, depart from me Lord for I am a sinner. Ever since that moment, Peter was all in with Jesus. He immediately left his nets. He was all in. He wanted to follow Jesus and for three years he did He watched Jesus, he listened to Jesus, he was taught by Jesus and um, in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, Jesus gives Peter a job. He says, Peter, I want you to build my church. You have followed me for the last three years, you know why I came to earth and I want you to tell everyone. I want you to create an infrastructure. I want you to tell people this incredible message. And um, that leads us nicely on (laughs) to the first section of 1 Peter that we're going to look at today. So it's uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 12. And we've headlined it, the best news that you'll ever hear. Because (laughs) it's just so dense. There is so much that Peter wants to tell us in this letter and he begins with his kind of mission statement. This is what he wants these baby churches to understand and to know immediately and we're going to go into that into more detail now. So let's get started. So um, in chapter one, uh, we can tell very clearly that this is a letter um, because in the good old olden days, they started off their letter by saying who wrote it. So verse one is Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and it is to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in many places. So uh, what does that mean? first thing um, to note is just how Peter defines himself. 
apostle of Jesus Christ, um, which is boss. Like that is his defining uh, purpose. That's his uh, definition of himself. Um, rather than my name is Bethan and I work in customer service. <laughs> um, Peter's saying, Peter. Um, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus and that is who I am. And um, he is writing to baby churches who have just been uh, born uh, full of new Christians and he calls them elect exiles. So let's chat about that for a second. Um, basically the word elect means chosen um and exiles um if you're in exile you're basically not in your home you're away from home exiled away um so those things to note um is when you are when you become a christian when um you are saved you're chosen you're chosen to be in god's family um you're chosen people <laughs> that god wishes to communicate with and wishes to um have you have you as uh, his son or daughter um which is an amazing privilege isn't it something that we 100% do not deserve um and one of the incredible um gifts that god gives us that we are chosen and wanted we're wanted people and we're also exiles so in this particular context, uh, he's talking to people who may have had to leave their homes uh, due to their faith. Um, they may, but what it, they probably mean is um, they're not home yet. So they're not uh, at peace. They're not uh, in our forever home, which is with Jesus. We are in that in-between period where we're saved and we are his, um, but we're not yet home. We're not yet with him. We are still um, on earth and we're still living for him where we are now. Um, so yeah, that is the start. And he goes on in verse 2 to say that um, these churches are for, the obedient, for obedience to Jesus Christ, for the sprinkling of his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. So Peter's reminding us of why we're here. We're here because Jesus sprinkled his blood. He died on the cross for us and that is why we are together as a church because we have that um, binding knowledge, uh, that thing that makes us uniquely together as his church uh, because he died for us and he's opened our eyes to that fact. Cool. We're now going to move on to verses uh, three to five, which I think are probably the most important uh, verses in this section. Um, they're incredibly dense and incredibly encouraging. And I'm just going to read them out. And uh, don't worry if you think that this sounds like a Christian glossary, <laughs> because uh, we'll break it down in a minute. Okay, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, 
who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Cool. So what I would suggest with these verses is breaking them up. So um, possibly with the young people, get a bit of flip chart paper and break them up into, say, three groups and have one group look into uh, the phrase great mercy and born again. Then the second group to look at a living hope and resurrection. And the last group to look at the word inheritance and imperishable, undefiled and unfading. Um, I think splitting it up that way is really helpful so that the young people can actually try and understand what these words mean um, and also feedback uh, which creates a, a good tone of you know sharing and um, understanding each other's ideas. So um, let's go through them. So, um, according to his great mercy. So, what's mercy? Uh, mercy is when God gives us the things we don't deserve. Oh no, I think I got it wrong. <laughs> Grace is when God gives us the things we don't deserve. And mercy is when God doesn't give us the things we do deserve. So, if we think back to our Go Back to the Garden series, um, he, he, Adam and Eve, first humans, they sinned against God and uh, the right and correct punishment for sin is separation from God and the ultimate separation from God is death. So uh, we see that in the garden, Adam and Eve are banished from the Garden of Eden, which is where God is where he lives um where he is present um so they are um banished from god's presence basically um so god's god's mercy is when he doesn't give us that when even though we are sinful people and we deserve to be separate from god forever he doesn't give us that and he gives us a way for us to be reunited, for us to come back together and to be in his presence once again, which we know will be the new heaven and the new earth once Jesus returns. So that's his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again. So are you thinking of Nicodemus? <laughs> I know I am. Um, that is... That verse, those verses in uh, John chapter 3 where Nicodemus, um, Jesus says those verses to Nicodemus that we must be born again. Um, so basically we are a new creation after Jesus saves us. We are a, a new creation, we are made new, we're born again um, in Jesus because we are a, we're, we've left our um, sin behind um, and we will be viewed as Jesus is viewed, who is as he lived perfectly on earth. So according to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope. Now, I really love this one, <laughs> living hope. Um, in what Jesus did on the cross, it means that we hope to be uh, reunited with God in the future 
in the new heaven and new earth, but we have a living hope, a hope that is now. As soon as we um, recognise our sin and are saved, we we are united with Christ. We have the Holy Spirit within us um, and we are with him. We're united. Um, we have a living hope. So it's, it's a hope now as well. <laughs> um, so we don't have to wait for ages. It's not a hope that was past, not a future hope. It's a present hope. We have a living hope um, that we can enjoy now as well as in the future. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So how do we have a living hope? We have a living hope because of the actions of Jesus, through Jesus' resurrection from the dead. The right and proper punishment for our sin is death. And Jesus took on that punishment himself. He died on the cross and he raised himself from the dead. He conquered our punishment. He conquered death. Um, he looked it in the face. He looked death in the face and he conquered it. <laughs> Which is just incredible, isn't it? Um, and thinking about it, you're like, oh my goodness, it's <laughs> really amazing. Like, how did he do that? Because he's God. Because he's God and he can do anything. Um, and that is the incredible gift that Jesus gave us. Um, such a sacrifice. Um, and he did that for us. <laughs> okay, according to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So, through Jesus' actions, we gain an inheritance. Uh, we get things that we don't deserve <laughs> from um, our new relations. Uh, in Jesus, we get things that um, from him, we have an inheritance and that inheritance is imperishable, which means that it can't ever go away. <laughs> it's, it's, it's around forever. It's undefiled. So it's perfect just as Jesus is and it's unfading. Um, it's not like things that are amazing one second and just disappoint us the next is unfading kept in heaven for you so um think back to the verse where jesus says in my father's house there are many rooms and i will go and prepare one for you um that verse just shows that once we are his once uh once we are god's and jesus's um and he has saved us. We have a sure inheritance, uh, something that we don't deserve, and we can live forever with him and be brought back to him, um, just as he, uh, just as it was planned, uh, right from the start in Genesis three. Um, God's salvation plan throughout the whole Bible was that we could be united together again in perfection in an undefiled and unfading place 
um, which is heaven, where God resides. So yeah, aren't they amazing places? <laughs> Incredible. Um, it's genuinely, genuinely so encouraging for us. Um, and we should rejoice in that. And I'm certain that the baby uh, churches that Peter is writing to uh, definitely needed that reminder. They needed this mission statement from Peter that this is why we are united together. This is why we are the church because of what Jesus has done for us. And he reminds us that in these verses. So are you still with me? <laughs> well in for making it this far because uh, I know those verses were jam-packed with things to think about and things to um, consider. Um, but how encouraging though, how encouraging just in like a few short sentences to just be reminded of the incredible sacrifice that Jesus made for us, the salvation plan that was literally made um, from the very beginning, Genesis 3, um, that plan was, was put in place by a God who loves us and a God who knows us and a God who, uh, despite all of our failings, wants to be reunited with us, um, which can't be, like, understated, really. <laughs> it's, like, amazing. And in that, we just don't deserve it at all. Um, so yeah, really encouraging. So uh, let's talk a little bit about application for a second. Um, so teaching this to young people, we don't know where they stand with Jesus, do we? Um, but these verses, um, are basically <laughs> the gospel in one. They are the, it, this is the greatest news that they will ever hear. And if we deliver it with passion and enthusiasm, um, then hopefully, um, they will come to understand, um, God's salvation plan and, um, the fact that Jesus's resurrection is just the, the pinnacle. It's the most important thing. If, if that hadn't happened, then, you know, all of this is is futile. The fact that Jesus conquered death is is the main um way that we are saved so um in terms of application um genuinely probably for the Christian person, the application is just to remember it, <laughs> which sounds simple, but um how often is it that we forget? How often is it that we forget what Jesus has done for us and we become cynical and um, begrudging of service and of just life in general because life is really hard. Um, I think there's a reason that Peter put this first, like um, being a baby church in these places that are very hostile towards Christians um, can't have been easy. And being a new Christian where um, they didn't know much, they didn't know much of the Bible possibly, and their saviour, Jesus, had just uh, had ascended to heaven and was no longer there anymore. Um, that's really hard. And uh, later on in the chapter, it talks about the trials that they go through, the various trials um, that they're grieved by. And uh, Peter's like, let's just forget about that for a moment. 
This is the main reason why we are here. This is why we are united. We are united in Jesus. And this is what he has done for us. We are born again to a living hope. We are a new creation in Jesus. And that starts now. It starts now because of what he's done. And even if now is really, really hard, we have a living hope to an inheritance. An inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, absolute perfection, because we will one day reside with God, who made us and who loves us more than we can even possibly imagine. So if that's not good news, <laughs> I don't know what is. Boss. you enjoyed that as always if you have any questions or want to chat through these verses please give me a shout and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day bye Thank you.